You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, we get into the big news. The Jets have stripped Blake Wheeler of the captaincy, and who should be a part of the new leadership core heading into training camp? Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Well, who said the Jets had themselves an uneventful offseason, right? It took until the literal last day, but the Jets are finally making some moves. Not what fans had in mind, but still a move nonetheless, right? Um, thanks for tuning in, by the way. But it is you have to admit, this is funny that... We're talking about a pretty massive moment in franchise history. I mean, one of the biggest decisions in Jets 2.0 history. But I don't think this comes as a surprise to anybody in Jets Nation, right? Like The writing's been on the wall for a few months now. But it's still pretty crazy that Wheeler losing the C is just kind of met with Shoulder shrugs and, and mez here at Winnipeg, yet it's eyebrow-raising move across the rest of the NHL. So, odd times indeed. But we might as well dive right into it here and get into the meat of the matter because there's a lot to unpack and, and there's a lot to dive into about this monumental decision. Now, hilariously, the first thing that actually stood out to me and, and kind of jumped out in my mind isn't even about Blake Wheeler himself when, when the news kind of came down. But it was this, that if the Jets do somehow end up making the postseason this year with everything that's gone on so far this offseason, I already know 100% that my vote for the Jack Adams Award is going to be going to Rick Bonus. I mean, talk about being dealt a really tough, brutal hand by management. I mean, you have... The lack of moves this offseason, the the Trotz watch that, that preceded your hiring as well. A lot of people were upset that Barry Trotz wasn't a part of the the the, the offseason structuring here in Winnipeg. Then you have an entire defensive structure needing to be implemented and installed during training camp. And now you're also being tasked with taking the C away from the longest serving member of Jets 2.0 but then also at the same time needing to instill a culture and leadership shift while the former captain remains in the same locker room. I, I do not envy what Bones has on his plate this year. 
I, I like him a lot, and I really hope he can find success. And uh, it would be a great story if he can find a way to make all of that happen. But man, the club is not making it easy on Rick Bonus. Never mind headed into game one, but just headed into training camp here. And uh, yeah, you'd probably like your, your new bench boss to uh, have a few less tasks on his to-do list than what Rick Bonus is having to deal with right now. But on to the actual decision itself. And I want to get this out of the way because I, I, I would assume everybody agrees on this point here. That if Wheeler is going to start the year with the Jets and he's going to enter the regular season with the team... This was really the only move the club could make. Like, they had to do this. It just had to. Like, after everything that's gone on over the last several months, you just couldn't do absolutely nothing and expect massive changes to take place with this group, right? You don't make any personnel changes or anything like that. You had to do something. And so with the situation... The club is currently in right now. To me, this was an absolute no-brainer. But here's the problem with that. The situation, which is completely of the Jets' own doing, is a major, major misstep. A major miscalculation. And I think most importantly, a major missed opportunity to hit the reset button and kick off a new era of hockey here in Winnipeg. And I also think what we're seeing play out, or are soon to play out at least, isn't fair to anybody right now that, that's in the day-to-day -day of the Jets organization. I, I don't think it's fair to the head coach at all, which I touched on earlier. I don't think it's fair at all to the new leadership group that's supposed to step up and emerge here. But now we'll try to do so with the shadow of the former captain looming large over everything that they do as he remains on the team. And don't forget as well, it was Wheeler himself who said just a few days ago, if you think he's just going to keep quiet and not speak up when he thinks it's necessary, you're sadly mistaken. Have fun with that locker room dynamic when that pops up at some point this year. I, again, I do not envy the young, younger guys trying to step up here and claim a, a, a big voice on this team and having that awkward dynamic still exist inside that locker room. And... and Having said all that as well, I don't even think it's fair to Blake Wheeler himself in all this, who, after being a great ambassador to the city and the franchise, one that's notoriously looked down upon by the rest of the NHL, probably deserves a fresh start himself somewhere else instead of being demoted to an awkward second fiddle right now. And, and that's all assuming Wheeler plays nice in all of this, right? Like, we're, we're kind of all assuming... That we get best case scenario here, but there's a very real opportunity that if things go south early on in the season, with a lesser role on the team, less ice time perhaps, there's a distinct possibility the club could have a major malcontent on their hands. And, and no leverage to move them off the roster at that point as well on top of it all. Again, I don't expect that to necessarily happen, but the Jets have brought that possibility into the arena right now. I, my, I guess my main feeling on all of this is, is not the decision itself a few days ago. Like I said, that's over and done with and it's really all you could do at this point. I just feel like this summer was the perfect time to make a major statement to change the direction of this team, change the narrative, 
reinvigorate a locker room that I think has gone stale. And that would have been to move Blake Wheeler two, three, four months ago. And I think the fan base would have understood too that, look, hey, we appreciate everything that the captain did for the team in the city, but with how things have played out over these last few seasons and with things trending in a certain direction, a certain negative one, it's just best for everybody to move on at this point and start anew and let's see what some new blood could do for this team. I, I think the fans would have been a little jacked up. I think the players might have been a little jacked up to that as well and, and to get some change. But instead, we got another half measure with this announcement. You know, the club didn't go all in or they didn't blow it up in the summer. You had a half measure there. And then we see the same thing playing out once again with this latest piece of news a few days ago. Now, it's become very, very clear. I mean, this isn't breaking news to anybody here. But, you know, listening to Kevin Sheveldayoff speak over the past few weeks about this team, and about this group of talented individuals not playing up to their potential and not reaching the heights that a lot of people might have thought going into last year. You have that. Then you have Mark Chipman coming out, lamenting lost profits and potential empty seats and trying to be a competitive team. The Jits really view themselves as a good team and they're not trying to build a contender two, three, four years from now. You know what I mean? Like, they're not they're not having their sights set in the future. This is a, a group that really thinks that with a few tweaks here and there, this core group of players can find a way to get it done. And it's pretty obvious as well that this is a group that can follow the Calgary Flames model of last year and get back into contention soon. We've heard that comparison a ton, really, really, since the Flames lit it up throughout most of last season, that... You know what? You bring in a veteran, new head coach, a guy that can instill a defensive structure in your team. You watch him work wonders with a talented group, and away you go to a first-place finish. It's just been very clear what ownership and management think of this current group on the Winnipeg Jets, that, that there is, a, at the very least, a playoff contender inside that locker room. And look... I think it's possible it could end up working out. I wouldn't bet on it. I don't think it's the most likely of scenarios, to be honest. But there's certainly a possibility that this works out this year for the club. I'm not going to deny that. I can envision a scenario where Rick Bonus comes in and, you know what? The Winnipeg Jets find a way to be solid and tough to play against. And they make a bit of a run at it this year. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible. But what I will say yet again on this is that, in my opinion, it's it's foolish for the Jets to try to follow the Calgary Flames model. I, I just don't think this group has it in them. Instead, don't follow the Calgary model, but follow what a division rival did not all that long ago and found a ton of success in doing that. And I'm talking, of course, about the Minnesota Wild. I really think this is the path that should have been followed. And I think there's a lot of similarities to what happened in Minnesota a few years ago and, and what, in my opinion, should have happened this past offseason for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, look, it's easy it's easy to look back now at this point and say, you know what, with Parise and Suter, not the players that they once were, that this was a bit of a no-brainer. 
for the Minnesota Wild. But at the time, this was not seen as such in any shape or form. And people were looking at this decision, and, and maybe they still might think this, to be honest, with how severe the the cap penalties are going to be over the next few years for Minnesota. But at the time, people thought this was absolute insanity, right? Like, you're you're losing, never mind the cap penalties in the future, but you're losing a lot in terms of on-ice impact in the here and now, moving on from the two leaders of your organization and Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. And that was certainly the argument we've heard throughout the summer and, and leading into training camp, right? Is that the Winnipeg Jets ultimately did not move Blake Wheeler because they felt like they weren't getting enough in terms of a return. They didn't want to trade Blake Wheeler away for absolutely nothing. And if they did get a return, they didn't want to retain a whole bunch of money in terms of his salary cap hit. And I kind of get it. Like, I, I, I understand the logic behind that, but... I just, I, I disagree with it because you look at what happened out there in Minnesota and despite taking a loss, quote unquote, taking a loss in the here and now, it was quite clearly addition by subtraction for the Minnesota Wild and, and removing the two pillars of your leadership group allowed several members of that team, several players up front on the blue line to grab a bunch of responsibility and to flourish in elevated roles without having to look behind their backs knowing that the old guard is still there. And I think that's a very similar situation to, to what we could have seen here in Winnipeg where, and, and, and you know, not saying that Blake Wheeler is a, a bad player at this point in his career, but while he would bring value to a team, I, I think this is an addition by subtraction scenario where, you ship Blake Wheeler out for relatively little. You allow him to make a run at it somewhere else and maybe try to, to win a Stanley Cup before his career is over. But that, that allows a guy like Nikolai Ehlers or a Kyle Connor to have a bigger voice inside that room, to play a few more minutes. It, it, it allows a Perfetti, for example, or a Mason Appleton, or you know go up and down that lineup. It allows new players to step up into different roles. It allows new voices to emerge. And sometimes you find that what you have here is is maybe a little more than what you might have expected. And you'll be surprised by what certain players can give you, giving an elevated role inside that lineup. I, I think that's where there was a major miscalculation on the Winnipeg Jets side of things here. And it's it's pretty interesting looking back at that time for the Minnesota Wild when they made those those monumental franchise defining decisions and and listening to the comments made by GM Bill Guerin at the time and, and I'm just going to pass along this quote here and it, it, it's something that I, I really like I, I would have liked it at the time and I, I like it even more looking back at the situation but here's Bill Guerin just talking about just days after buying out Zach Parise and Ryan Suter there wasn't one big reason it was a tough decision to make, but one that I felt we needed to make. It's not okay to be where we're at right now. We saw great signs this year, but we're not there yet. And we have to continue to try to get better and try to build a Stanley Cup winning team. Keep in mind that this was said after the Minnesota Wild finished the season at over a 100-point pace and then pushed 
the heavily favored Vegas Golden Knights to a seven-game series and almost pulled off a big-time upset before taking on the Colorado Avalanche in round two. A a much loftier spot than where the Winnipeg Jets are at right now. Yet Bill Guerin took an objective look at his group and realized they were never going to take that big step forward until they made a big change. And it wasn't an easy decision. And there was a ton in terms of penalties in both the salary cap and the on-ice product that they had to navigate and deal with. But he made a ballsy call and he said that, you know what, this team can only get to where we need to go if we make the hard decisions and we turn the page and we do it right now. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a Minnesota Wild fan out there right now that disagrees with that decision. I bet you couldn't find a hockey fan that would disagree with Bill Guerin's decision right now. And I don't think the hits would have been as punitive to Winnipeg as they were to Minnesota. I mean, the Jets would have only dealt with a a lesser cap hit for a lesser amount of time than what we're seeing out there with the Wild. There's only one loss on the on-ice product as opposed to two. But I, I think the same rewards were still there to be had and to be gained by Winnipeg if they went out and and really put a stamp on that this is going to be a new chapter of Winnipeg Jets 2.0. I, I think it was all there for them and I think the opportunity was missed. We'll, we'll see if they find a way to turn it around right now but I don't know. I, I think this club is behind the eight ball right now and, and there was an opportunity to uh, hit a hell of a break and put themselves in a great spot. We'll see if it pays off the same way for Winnipeg this year as it did for the Calgary Flames, or we'll see if maybe following Billy Guerin's path would have been the more prudent option for the Winnipeg Jets. But yeah, no no doubt there's still some very, very interesting times ahead and some very big decisions still on tap for the club, even though Blake Wheeler remains with the team for the time being. Now, we should touch on who the new leadership group should be now that there is some vacancies for some letters with the team and we'll also touch on prospects camp a little bit here as we head into main camp later on this week but before we do that why don't we give a quick shout out to uh, some of our friends including our longtime sponsors here on the hockey podcast network our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL I'm all jacked up after the birds took down the Vikings. Sorry to all the Minnesota fans, the many of them that are here in Winnipeg, but it was an absolute dominant performance by the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. The good news, though, Vikings fans and everybody else out there is that new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do On top of that, if that's not enough money for you, you can boost your winnings as well with DraftKings Stepped Up Same Game Parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We do also have to touch on a new friend on the block here with skates and plates, and that would be all the fine folks over at Raycon, 
because if you haven't been doing it already, Raycon's wireless earbuds are the way to listen to either Skates and Plates, any other podcast, or any other music you're pumping nowadays as well. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. Eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life as well, so you never run out of the juice. You get quality audio as well at half the price of other premium audio brands. Customizable sound profiles, noise isolation so the little ones don't bother you while you're listening to what you want to listen to, and tap functions as well. It's a win-win. You got to get into this. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. One five. So a new leadership group has to emerge here in Winnipeg. I mean, there's a few safe to say's, I guess, in terms of who should be the next group. And it sounds like it's just going to be A's. There's not going to be a captain. Personally, I've kind of been on this train for a while now. I actually like going the football team approach in terms of captains and, and going with a group, like going with a group of assistants as opposed to guys or one guy that wears the C and shoulders, you know, all of the burden and has to deal with all the media and everything like that. I, I think that's the way to go, especially with the heightened um, heightened era of criticism and, and media attention, everything like that that we live in right now. To, to me, spreading that out over a group of four to five people is the way to go as opposed to giving it to a, a single person. So I actually don't mind the decision to go with a leadership group that is going to wear a bunch of A's for the team this season. But there are a few certainties. I mean, one, Blake Wheeler should not, and I, I can't imagine will, be given an A for this upcoming season. I'm saying the same for Mark Shifley as well. Um, even though there may not be a public decision or a public announcement to strip him of a letter to me it's it's got to be prove it to me first like you got to go out there and earn it as opposed to it being handed to you by rick bonus and the new coaching staff i I, i'm sorry i mean mark shifley said all the right things i think it's fair to be optimistic that we see an improved player in in 55 this upcoming year it's just not going to come with a letter to start I, i i think with what we've seen over these past two to three seasons in particular is that if you're only going to play at one of the ice you're, you're not going to be wearing an a and trying to set the example for the rest of your teammates so for me Shifley and wheeler no chance in my opinion they should be wearing letters this year we'll see what happens with mark Shifley though um but when you talk about guys that that should be given a letter should be given an elevated role of responsibility with the team. There, there's two absolute no-brainers for me, and we, we don't even have to debate this because they're going to be given letters. Um, one is Josh Morrissey, who is already an A to begin with. Um, a lot of people would, would like to see Josh Morrissey get a C. I'd be okay with that because I love the kid. And what he showed last year, fighting through some some tremendous, tremendous both on-ice and off-ice difficulties to have the season that he had last year. I got no problem with the team following that guy for, for, for the for the next several seasons to come. Josh Morrissey is going to be getting an A. And I think Adam Lowry 100% is going to and, and should be getting an A as well. I mean, that's a guy that had no problems whatsoever speaking to the media 
win or lose, especially lose, especially after some tough losses, and going out there and answering a lot of tough questions. And not to mention his play on the ice, his work ethic backs up his words as well. So, I, I mean, to me, Lowry and Morrissey are absolute no-brainers and, and, and guys that are going to be um, not only part of the leadership group, but maybe the ones spearheading it for this upcoming season. So that's two of the A's there. I, I don't know if the team's going to go with four or five or maybe even six. Um, what I would like to see happen, I think a lot of people too as well, I'd love to see Nikolai Ehlers get an A. Um, may, maybe, I don't know, maybe something we might not have expected earlier on in his career that he'd be somebody like that. But I like the way he stepped up and gotten a little more comfortable and, and unafraid to assert himself a little bit more when it comes to, to speaking his mind a little bit. I, I, I would love to see Ehlers get more responsibility in terms of, first off, time on ice. Let's get that out of the way first. But then give him a little bit more responsibility and, and try to be a bit of a leader as well. I, I'd love to see Nikolai Ehlers get a letter on his jersey. Um, the same goes for Kyle Connor, who, I mean, was the team's best player this, this past season. Um, you know, it, it's interesting with him too, because he's a guy that doesn't really like to say a whole lot. He's, he's, you know, pretty reserved behind the microphone, but even with him, you saw at the end of the year that he was getting, and maybe it was the frustrations that he did, but he was getting more and more vocal about this is not the way the team should be playing. We need to follow and set a certain standard here. It was kind of neat seeing Kyle Connor step up in that way, and I would like to see that continue with him this upcoming season. Um, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois should get... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> unless unless there's a seven-year extension coming his way, there's there's no letter coming your way just yet either. Um, you know, when you look at guys on the back end outside of Josh Morrissey, I mean, Brandon Dillon makes sense, but... Is he on the trade block? Could he be on his way out? Right? Like, ah, there's a little bit of uncertainty there. Maybe Neil Pionk. I don't know. Kind of a quiet guy, but maybe Neil Pionk could be given a little more responsibility as well. Um, I, I love Dylan DeMello. Love his game. Maybe that's a guy that you could look to as well. I mean, there's certainly options for this team. But I, I, I guess depending on how many guys they go with here, I think I would like to see... Lowry, Morrissey, Ehlers, Connor kind of be this new group that steps up. You've anointed this new leadership group that can try to turn the page, put their own stamp on the team. I think that's the way to go. I'd go with those four. I'd love to know what you guys think, though. I mean, I, I know Lowry and Morrissey are, are, are the no-brainers here, but may, maybe some people out there feel like Mark Shifley should be given a chance and, and, and keep the letter on his chest. But but let me know one way or the other, at Brandon underscore Wiki on Twitter or at Skates Plates Pod. Who would you like to see have a letter on their chest? One thing I'll say too, actually, <laughs> I mean, another aside, you know, I, I touched on earlier, I kind of like the no captain, but a bunch of alternates approach. One thing that's also bugged me a, a ton, and there's probably some goofy ass reason for it. I'm sure somebody will explain it to me, but I, and it doesn't even have to be a C. I've never understood why a goalie can wear a letter on his chest, right? Maybe the C I can understand to a point, but but why why can't a goalie be an assistant captain, right? Like going back to it was Roberto Luongo who the Canucks wanted to be the captain. They technically couldn't make him the captain. He wore the C on his mask. It was it was really just bizarre and and weird. The NHL went out of their way to kind of 
put the kibosh on that. But uh, like, why, why can't a goalie be a part of your leadership group? I, I mean, Carter Hellebuck, who hasn't been jacked up listening to Hellebuck after a game? You know, get pissed off and talk about being upset that the team played like crap again and him wanting to find a way to fix it right like he he's going to be a big part of the team like in in that aspect regardless but it's just weird to me that you don't make it official and put an a on their jersey i I don't know i've never understood that i hate goalies don't like them this is one part where i'll kind of lean towards maybe trying to make them a little bit more like everybody else out there on the ice but aside from that would love to know who you think should be a part of the leadership group on twitter um, at Brandon underscore Rewiki. Now, a lot of negativity <laughs> with this episode and not a lot of optimism with a bunch of the episodes this offseason so far. So let's try to end it on a bit of a positive note here. Not a bit of a positive note. It was a really strong positive note over the past few days for the Winnipeg Jets. And that would be the Young Stars exhibition, prospects camp, all that out there in Penticton where Cole Perfetti was able to get back on the ice and get into game action, you know, albeit against his lessers, not not even his peers anymore, but good to see him get on the score sheet, get a little comfortable playing at game speed and things like that as he works his way back from injury. That was awesome to see. But even more than that was vindication as I'm the conductor of the Brad Lambert hype train that the young Finn slash Canuck comes out there and kind of steals the show a little bit for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, the kids, certainly, if, you, if you saw any of the highlights or if you watched any of the games, the kid looked the part, <laughs> right? Like, you would be, he sure as hell, I'll say this, he sure as hell looked more like a top 10 pick than he did one of the last picks of the first round out there. I mean, if you've listened to the pod after the draft and, and you know, leading into training camp here, I, I've been really, really high on the kid. I think the Jets hit an absolute home run. Um, you know, I, I don't mind the Rutger-McGordy pick at, at 12 or wherever it was earlier in the first round for the team, but I would have been happy with Brad Lambert there for the Winnipeg Jets, and I think we're getting pretty close to seeing the club being... Uh, Proven right in their uh, assessment of, of Brad Lambert. They said they were just beyond thrilled that he was even there for him, to, for them to be taken at, at number 30 there. And I, I think he's going to be a hell of a player. I, I really do. I, I don't think he's going to make the Jets out of training camp here, even though there are some, some spots in the bottom six to be won by anybody who wants them for the club at camp this year. But I'm really, really intrigued to see what the kid can do against an elevated level of competition at training camp here. I just it, It's a gut feeling, but I just, I've got a sense that when you put somebody like Lambert who can skate the way that he does, his vision, his, his feel for the game, that if you put him in a setting where the pace is a little bit higher, he doesn't have as much, it's, it's going to sound weird, but he doesn't have as much time and space out there that he can just kind of let his natural instincts kick in. I, I think we're going to see him turn some eyes at training camp this year. And I, I think he's going to have a pretty damn solid year with the Manitoba Moose. Again, I don't I don't think he's going to make the club at a training camp or anything like that. But I'm not going to be shocked if one of the feel-good stories of camp and, and maybe one of the just flat-out main talking points of training camp is Brad Lambert is a big-time prospect 
a steal at the end of the first round and might just find himself not only near the top of the prospect list in this organization, but maybe right up at the top of it. If you want to jump on board, there's plenty of room at the front. It might get crowded a little bit soon, but if you want to join the Lambert hype train, woohoo! The conductor is pulling into the station here, so I'm just I'm giving you a fair warning here. Uh, but in a uh, <laughs> in an off season full of negativity, it sure was nice to have a little bit of positivity and and, and some some good vibes in terms of actual on ice results for the club. So good for Brad Lambert, um, Chaz Lucius. Good for him. I, I, I thought he asserted himself quite well as well. And then Cole Perfetti getting through a few games unscathed. <laughs> that's that's probably uh, best case scenario for the young kid as he uh, heads into this upcoming season with a lot to be thrown on his plate as well. But that's where we're going to cap it off for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. We'll be back at it at the end of this week on Friday morning. Getting into training camp, we've actually got stuff to talk about in terms of on-ice, line combinations, predictions comments from the coaches and the players all of that we'll get to every little bit of it when we come back to close out the week until then though thank you guys for stopping by and listening to another episode of skates and plates right here on the hockey podcast network i'm your host brandon rewicki we'll get back at it on friday morning until then though stay safe and enjoy the rest of your week everybody peace